0: sweet um okay so hey guys welcome back to the walls can talk podcast um this week i'm joined by pete barber
1: hello hello chin. Chin, hello
0: chin chin. and chris dawning not aka the cunning craftsman but we'll get to that later yeah hi um yeah hey guys welcome to the show um so it's basically going to be i think we're going to aim for an hour of Just talking, going off on the tangentials. Tangentials. But with a focus on uh, painting as a kind of industry and painting as a career. Um, But first off, do you guys want to introduce yourselves a little bit, how you know each other?
1: Yeah, right, well, we've both been painting together for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. So we both had a shared client. So I'm Pete and I paint murals and so does Chris. Mm -hmm. And we both had client that used us for a series of restaurants and they kind of said oh you two should hook up on one of the restaurants and then a couple of big jobs came in and I asked Chris to come and help out and we've kind of most big jobs since Gelled. we've joined forces we both do a lot of work individually on our own, yeah. but when obviously bigger jobs bigger teams and uh, like Chris is my go-to guy on the team which I'm very very humbled by and very happy about mm
0: nice yeah um and you're both northern lads but not from the same north is no there's quite a bit more north
2: up there than just north yeah I'm, north. I'm a
0: southerner so i, d- I don't know shit we're all from the
2: same part of the north it's all,
1: <laughs> it's all a bit wild but uh chris <laughs> is definitely more the more northern of the two both literally and psychologically psychologically I'm right the south and, but then i moved north
0: yeah, but when I'm
2: actually up north, I don't, um, I don't feel that north. You should, you should hear it up there, man. It's pretty rough. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty rough. rough. North. Pretty rough up there. But I uh, think people are friendlier north. though.
0: Yes, in general. Yeah. Like I was are. up in. She- I don't know how north Sheffield is
1: relatively. It's middle. I, well, I kind it's of grew up in Nottingham, but I now live closer to Sheffield. But I'm sort of smack bang in the middle of the country, and Chris is northwest. Yeah, I'm near in
2: between Blackpool, Liverpool, uh, Blackburn, so. Yeah, hotspot
0: for uh, really friendly people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very northern folk. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, and so do you guys want to explain a bit about what you do, like what you how how you make a living basically. What what goes into painting murals? You go first, Pete. Okay, Rob.
1: So yeah, I mean I describe myself as a full time, I suppose commercial painter. So I I make a full time living full-time job out of painting mostly murals a lot of mixed area a lot of sign writing as well but um like the jobs vary massively from like quite small like you know restaurants with maybe a sign or some gold leaf or something like that through to really large public art pieces or a lot of the big sort of advertising stuff so we, obviously we've worked quite a lot with global street art and a few other agencies in town with paint huge adverts often but I kind of frame it in the kind of sign writing kind of world so I kind of associate what I do more with sign writing than maybe street art although I use spray paint like 95% of the time I see the career path more like a sign writer
0: so you don't define yourself as a street artist per se
1: I mean I don't tend to define myself at all but like uh painting yeah, my job is more like a signwriter. So I mean, street artist isn't really a job. Well, we don't really have it. There's no like one thing people always ask, "Oh, how do you do what you do and stuff?" But there isn't like a there isn't like a guild. We're not part of like some big like you know. There's not a well-established route of earning a living doing what we do. So it's not like we're part of an industry as such. But I would well, think the, the guy on the, guy the
2: street would see you and go, "Street artist." But that's not to say the are right, because you're painting big pieces of artwork on walls, on the street, but that's, you know, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. the, 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 the people's view.
1: Yeah, I mean, my, like, I feel, I feel my, my own personal interest, my own art, if you like, is more at home yeah. as a street artist, but my career, my profession, mm. and the like 95% of my painting time, I'm a commercial mural painter, stroke sign writer, that uses spray paint most of the time.
0: How do you get into that, kind of gig
1: uh, well I did I did a bit of spray painting when I was a kid and I mean I loved it and I've, I've always been like associated with street art and skating and all that kind of stuff but I did like um, more formal fine art training and then I had an apprenticeship with a dude that was doing proper oil painting kind of trompe l'oeil and like big fresco type paintings and uh, so I, I was trained doing large oil paintings like ceiling painting type scale when i was like 16 17 and then i kind of moved away from spray paint totally i was just doing drawing painting life drawing that kind of stuff and then i started doing like to get my own work i was in a few like pub signs and a few murals for pubs and stuff when i was at college in like, that early 20s but then i started doing a lot of community public art which chris done some of as well hasn't he? Yep. but that was kind of what drew me back fully into spray paint that's kind of like when was that Uh, mid 2000s and so I was doing a lot of I was doing a lot of like big murals a lot of time with various community groups and schools and stuff and mostly with all exclusively with just like acrylic and masonry paint and that kind of stuff and and then Kind of got sick of kids going, oh, you should use spray paint, you should use spray paint. I was like, all right, okay. So I started introducing more spray paint into what I was doing. I was really lucky in Nottingham, we've got the Montana shop, which used to be called Coverage. But um, I just had the best shop on the doorstep. So I just kind of had, you know, great paint on tap all the time. So I started using spray paint more, but still as work, I'm a full-time worker. So I was working, doing jobs, but then after a bit, I was like, oh, shit. Spray paint, oh yeah, that's a thousand times better than brushes for most of my jobs.
0: So, you got bullied into spray painting by a bunch of kids?
1: Then. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. To round it up, yeah. 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 I mean, like, you know, I in my teens, I was like on the scene involved and into it, but then I kind of got side swiped and started doing traditional painting. And then, you yeah, know, came back to it through working with teenagers, basically.
0: So, what's the market like for. Um talking about like big oil paintings Like, are you going to paint like stately homes and rich people's mansions and shit like that?
1: Well the, the, the kind of informal apprenticeship I had was just a one off large project in a chateau in France for a quite quirky eccentric dude and uh, he, the guy that took me on he was my tutor at college like life painting tutor and he was just looking for a hand and I was like 16 and he recognised that I was motivated and into it and took me on so like, I spent like the summer, I was at college for three years and during the summers you'd take me over to France and we were painting these massive oil paintings basically but I then since then I've worked for other like commercial oil painting type outfits where they do quite often you paint a large oil painting on canvas in a studio and then you go and it's called marouflage, and you're going to stick it on the wall in situ and then maybe like touch it up and like make it look like it belongs there but all the work done off site in a studio. So yeah, that was that's for like high end hotels and wait, what's rich that called? Marouflage. Oh, Marouflage where you stick canvas on to
0: oh, wow. the
1: surface. So you paint it in the studio, roll it up and then stick it to the wall so it's a permanent feature of the wall and then sort of snag it in. But obviously oil painting takes a shit ton longer than spray painting, so you need to do all the work off site if you can.
0: Yeah, I guess you couldn't really oil paint against the elements like
1: Well you no, know, I mean like, I mean it's all the interior stuff. But yeah, yeah. like but you know, if you're gonna do like a proper old school oil painting, it's gonna take you months, not days. So, and that's the difference. And that's why I gravitated towards spray paint because it's totally revolutionized how quick that could work.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. Like, I mean, I think you're probably one of the, the, um, not the fastest painter, but like the most yes, determined to like, do you know what I mean? I didn't I did want to say the fastest painter in like, a, in like a throwaway <laughs> state, but like,
1: you know, you just smash it out a mural, man. It's crazy. Yeah, that's uh, that's the aim of the game, generally, isn't it, Chris? Indeed, yeah. That's what I'm there for to help you smash it out. <laughs> that sounds nice. But I mean, the, obviously, we've both got a similar thing. We both make a living out of painting, and most of the time, either the client's budget isn't there to afford for us to be there forever, or we've got a priced job, and you know, and quite often, especially with the commercial, cause we both do a lot of work on like you know interiors for restaurants and working for architects and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and it's often for one reason or another there's always a limited amount of time to do x y or z we have to do night shifts we have to work around builders like it is inevitable that we don't have a set like we can't choose our
2: time it's built into you isn't it as soon as you pick up your paint you're not just going to start chilling out it's like we're, we're on we're on now and the quicker we get this done
0: the better for everyone Do you guys think there's a difference in, because you both got kids, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that a motivating factor in getting a job done, getting back to see them? Yeah. A thousand times for me.
2: Without a doubt, Pete, without a doubt, will agree. Um, You just want to see them, you know? And um, a lot of people, even your kids, maybe even your wife, my wife, we go out doing our thing, but we, we love what we do. And yeah, it's a job. And it can be stressful, and it can be everything that every other job is, but we still dig it. And when we get home, we draw, we paint, um, and we still kind of live it. So it's not like we're out having a DOS, but sometimes you can be out really enjoying a job. And for me especially, well, Pete as well maybe, but you can start to feel a little bit guilty that you're just having a bit too much fun, <laughs> you know, and and think, I, I, they're I, they're I, they're I need to, I, but then I, I I always wanna go home and see my kids and my wife, man. very lucky, so. What is it your wife does? She makes, uh, well, she's brilliant, man. She makes all kinds of stuff out of leather, recycled leather, fabric, she makes dresses, she makes vintage poofs, whatever they are. Just loads of beautiful things, man. She's even sat on on a leather couch in a bar, took out a knife from her handbag, and cut out from where she sat (laughs) <laughs> to remove the leather from under herself, rather than putting her back, just because she loved the leather—that's mm. commitment. That no, uh, sounded
1: I was like the same, start. We've the... like, mm. we've got quite a similar set. with my wife's creative; she makes like sort of furniture and yeah, decorative stuff.
0: Does she bring a knife to a bar? though? No, she brings it
1: all to the bar, Preston, man, we've always got one. <laughs> we've always got one ready. I think having kids definitely motivates. It motivates me in two ways. One, now because I just need to be home. But like the moment that I realised I was going to be a dad, I was like, right, I'm not going to go work for the man. Like, I used to have part-time jobs and yeah. do my own work on the side. And then like when my now wife got pregnant, I was like, right, I'm not going to go get a job. I need to make this thing work. So I just stepped up motivation-wise, like made sure that I said yes to everything. Yes yeah, the push. I still say yes to everything, just to make sure that I don't have to go and work after. Yeah.
2: Super similar. I'd, um, I was working for Bench. You know, the clothing brand. Oh, yeah. I uh, designed clothes from t-shirt graphics and, and fabric patterns and stuff like that for a, a while. Drove me mental. I was there for three days a week, the only person there working part-time. And I couldn't even, I, I couldn't handle the idea of the monotony and the, the commute. I was just constantly, constantly mad with myself that I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. So it was like, out. and obviously when you know your kids are available, you know, if you could get up at six to get a train... And then you then you're doing you're something then you I don't enjoy. Yesterday. Yeah, I, I would. <laughs> hey, hey, don't start. I do four. I do night no <laughs> shifts. Saying, so I I two, don't think three, I've four, five. Chris,
0: like fresh faced. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: look at this face. I'm actually twelve. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, what was I saying? Yeah, the monotony and and to just waste that time not seeing your kids. I'd rather not see them doing something mega and important that they can be proud of as well and go, yeah, Dad, that was amazing, Dad. And flowers are like woohoo, get your pants off, you're amazing. <laughs> Rather than oh, good one, Chris. How was the
0: train journey? You no, know, great love. Yeah. where's my where's my curry? Did you really? Did you care much about that um, beforehand? Though did you did you ever think of having a, a nine to five as as being no. a monotony and being a bit of a tax on you? De- or? Yeah,
2: definitely. I mean, Colin yeah well who doesn't really but I know there are a lot of people who just who slot into it it's like ah, I'm enjoying this this is my thing and but nah because I don't have I don't have a routine and routines are well sleeping and eating and apart from the usual but no the monotony of that scared me even at school you know when I was at school I knew that I was going to be some form of creative I was going to draw illustrate paint whatever it took and that was our goal you know and all the way through college uni, it was like there's no way. The reason why I did have a job for a couple of years was purely I hooked up with a, a woman who already had a little boy and I was like, uh oh, I'm still at my mum and dad's house painting painting pictures here, making a bit of a living. Eh, not a living, making a bit of money, and I was like, yes, I really, really have to be able to have some cash. And she wants to buy a house. I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> so then I was like, I, "I put some CVs together, and luckily, a few things just the universe seemed to magically put a few things in my position, handed the invoice into the uh, not invoice the um, CV to, CV to the right person, and I got a, I got a, you know I got a job uh, still being creative though.
0: Nice.
2: Yeah, it was good. It, I, I can't knock it, man. You learn a lot doing the hard, the horrible stuff, but.
0: Yeah, I mean, I always feel, um, I mean, some people are pretty content with the 9 to 5. Like, mm. I technically have a 9 to 5, but it's a pretty weird job. Yeah, it's pretty open, it seems. Yeah, I mean, I spend a lot of time. I mean, the one thing I kind of s- struggle with in a way when I'm describing what I do to people, um, which is obviously mostly filming artists paint mm. massive mm-hmm. murals or massive adverts and stuff. Is it sounds like quite a glamorous thing to do, and it is in a lot of ways. But there's a there's a level of graft that goes into it. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember the first time I met Pete, uh, I think I brought this up in the Dale Grimshaw podcast actually. Um, but it was like it was like four in the morning, Liverpool, mm-hmm. November, pissing down with rain, and you're just working off these two LED lights scrubbing down the wall while it, oh man I've never seen someone work like that I think that's that's um, the one
1: thing that it comes up quite a lot and it, it kind of frustrates me like people assume it's glamorous what we do and it, yeah. it really often is not glamorous like yeah, it is cool it is like truly hard work like it's always hard work there's never in fact like I've never had a day where it's not physically hard work but it's often like you're saying that for some reason or another whether it's the elements or time restrictions or various other things it's a really physical job and uh, generally speaking on the sort of big jobs these big projects I'm kind of in charge if you like of the site so the pressure's on me I'm running the job so it's got all those kind of stresses but like even when it's just me doing a little restaurant job and it's got to be done in 12 hours like you you know the pressure's on and it's often like a the various physical things like the fumes or the dust or the mess or just getting or, your stuff from the car park to yeah. the things physical like big how glum- high it is or how low or it, how is, or it is or how if
2: it's behind that if the if the joiners put a bar in before yeah. you finish your mirror painters have like, just painted with
1: gloss paint instead of water based paint yeah, or you yeah. know or, you, or the foreman tells you you've got to piss off because you've not got steel toe caps there's, there's always these things and there's yeah. like loads and loads of things that just get in the way of it being glamorous. It's really not glamorous. Like you know like for example like you say scrubbing the wall like there's quite often like we get I mean a lot of it's a bit different with these kind of big advert jobs because they're kind of spots that are regularly painted but one of the kind of other sort of main kinds of work I do is kind of public art where, you know, you've got, I don't know, a community centre or a subway or the back of some shops or whatever that have just knackered. They've just got, like, antisocial behaviour or a load of needles and just people don't want to go there. And they go, oh, let's get let's make it look nice. Let's put a mural down there. And, like, so we're often in the shit end of town. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, so. for example, if you're going to do, like, a semi-permanent mural, you need to, like, scrub the algae off the wall, for example, before you do anything. So you're literally scrubbing a wall at six in the morning with bleach and then you've got to do all the normal stuff that decorator does, and then you've got to find the finesse of an artist after that. Mm. And, like, it's quite it's quite frustrating because people don't see that bit of it, and they don't yeah. understand it. And quite often, like, especially in these kind of more run-down areas, people assume it's a bit of a... either a waste of money or some kind of... I don't know, something, something a bit fanciful that we're doing. So, like, I can remember just doing a a piece of public art on some boarded up shops and some bloke coming up to us like tapping us on the shoulder and saying, that is a shit waste of money, mate. And like, but he didn't know that the council had quoted twice as much as us just to paint it white. And they just don't understand like the mechanics of what we're doing. Like we generally, like painting something like that can be, really cost effective compared to other options for a space you know like maybe they want to put some new street lighting in or repoint it or render it or whatever but actually get some artists in there with a bit of flair and you can make it look amazing mm. for like a fraction of the cost of most other options do you know what I mean Even yeah. including the council paying it Why? you know what I mean because yeah. it's
2: just the way there's also like a, the psychological dealing with it I mean it's not heavy it's loads of people have to go to job. loads of people have pressures loads of people have like a, a some a, a, a meeting to go to or to prepare for or a document to write or something to do that can equally be as stressful. But when you do these jobs where people are like, oh, you're not actually going to go draw, great. And that, that's as far as the thinking goes. But it's like, no, you're meeting the CEO of this restaurant owner. He doesn't care, really. He just wants it to look amazing. And then all the people below him want it to look amazing. And they're relying on you to make sure it looks amazing. And they don't care the fact that it's dusty and grubby and minging, and all the builders around you are taking the piss out of you and did it not in a nasty way, but you just, <laughs> you just have to fit into that kind of that, that thing, you know. Whilst they're all having their break and their fag break, or the 50th, you're still going for it because you found a spot where you're gonna paint now because they're out, bah. you know. It's all it just all weighs heavy.
1: And you know, as creators, you, you do and you hit you yourself down, you put a lot of your heart and soul in it, yeah. You beat yourself that, up. I mean, I'm presuming all. Craftsmen of all skill levels put their heart and soul into things, but there's a bit of a difference between you know, magnolia in a wall and doing something, especially if you're involved in the design of it. Like yeah, it's a finish as well because everyone's going to be looking at it. I mean, yeah.
2: yeah, joiners, massive respect, dovetail joints, hard and all that kind of stuff. But when people are sat in a the bar, they're not critiquing that. Whereas someone, if you sees a letter wrong or a bit of a face that looks a bit like Bleh! you know, they're going to go, <laughs> Who did that? That like, hey shit. You so, you've got to make sure it's adequate one because people are going to think it's shit so you won't get, to the yeah, job you the get you
1: won't get away with you won't get away with like a bad day like a down day do you yeah. know what I mean like yeah you can't really just cruise like because yeah. quite often uh again it's kind of like a, a, a an add-on or like a privilege or like a, like a cherry on the cake for a property or a mm. new development or whatever and like they're expecting you on a form when you turn up do you yeah. know what I mean they're not expecting someone just oh, i really can't be asked today. You know yeah I mean? like talking that, about the footy they're just saying yeah. that isn't
2: going do you yeah. know what I mean like so they want the experience of having an artist there as well sometimes oh, go, oh, that's weird oh, yeah. 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 yeah so I find that really dif- that's yeah. a weird one yeah especially like, when, when you turn when, up and, you, and you scrunch, you're like, having an artist no
1: there. like that's a really good description but mm. stories have sprung to mind like where like where people they kind of you can and it's it's rare but you do occasionally get that thing where people mm. kind of like, Oh, it's an artist that's here, oh it's yeah. an artist and you're like, mate, just shut the fuck up I'm just I'm just a decorator, I'm like, leave me alone. Yeah, wait, yeah. But like I did this I did a project a few years ago in uh it was in Budapest and it was probably one of the more glamorous jobs. It was like it was like a, a big promo gig for an energy drink or something and they got a load of artists from around Europe to go and paint this thing and it was dead cool. I was dead pleased to be there and everything. But they had these guys there, like a mixed team, some English guys, some I think they were from local guys building this massive skate ramp for this temporary party event like a million pound party but the guys that have been building this steel erection have been there for weeks in baking heat right making the most amazing architectural structure thing yeah and when it came to the night the artists got like a special ticket so you get a free champagne all night and all this shit but these guys that built this amazing structure in the middle of the thing were totally overlooked so we're like, what the fuck? And that kind of, that kind of stuff happens quite a lot and I, I yeah. resist that as much as I can because like, uh, when you're on, on these kind of sites where everybody there is skilled. But yeah, and you're all sweating
2: and you're all putting it in there and you're all having a banter but if you get, if you get labelled as, hmm, a special thing, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I hate it. Nah, I'm not quite. I'm just no, as scruffy really as these guys. But it's, it's, it's very nice though when people recognise it's a... The skill, that's really nice. You can you can get used to people saying that. But also, some people, you know, and they go, oh, you're so lucky. You're so lucky. It's like, actually, I've been busting my balls since I was 12 to make sure I could do this. Yeah, oh, you must be so
1: lovely to be talented.
2: Yeah, it's like, well, no, it's like I draw every single day, yeah. every day. And if it's crap, I hate myself. <laughs> I hate myself if it's crap. And if someone's drawn better than me, I hate them. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't stand <laughs> hating everybody. I've just got to get... Yeah. So,
0: so so sort of um, I guess self esteem as a motivation yeah. so you can wake up in the morning look your kids in the eyes, and, and go,
2: your dad's <laughs> not a loser daddy's <laughs> doing alright today kids
1: yeah ego definitely <laughs> plays a part but when it when it crosses a line into like it takes it away from the fact that it's graft hard yeah. graft I, 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 I don't see it comfortably oh with yeah that. and, like, if, oh, you're so talented and, and if you start believing
2: no. that and if you start thinking that you're ace you fucked because you're probably not <laughs> you know you just have to keep going you're pretty fucking good though, I'm getting better I need to keep getting better I need to keep getting better I need to get better and that's why like I'm never never satisfied
1: and that's what we were talking about earlier on it? That's, I mean that is the yeah. thing like because obviously the kind of more commercial the more commercial it gets like the bigger the advert mm-hmm. kind of you know agency type job where you've got you know big name brands commissioning whatever yeah like we have less and less creative control over it I personally enjoy that kind of work because it, it takes an awful lot of that other baggage including ego well mm. out of it I'm just that guy the skilled guy that turns up and does a job and mm. everyone's happy and I can do it sweet I mm. like that a lot but like at the same time like obviously the creativity bit of it goes but one of the things that we do get from those kind of opportunities is they tend to be technically really challenging like there's lots of stuff going on including like the expectations of client and time restrictions and the physicality of the whole process like it's generally challenging always totally different
2: yeah and it could just be like you might be painting or drawing something at home and then you get thrown into a commercial job where you suddenly you, you're painting something with a perspective you've never drawn before, a lighting situation you've never drawn before, yeah, and a, a colour color like, palette you've drawn we before. We mix processes and stuff. And, and you're just like, oh shit, I'm out of my comfort zone. And you, you've got no choice but to crack on. It's like a problem-solving so exercise, yeah. isn't so it? So if, if you're not into learning and, and, and battling on, it's it's no good. It's even more of a chore. Mm-hmm. But it's nice that we're lucky enough to be able to look at it and go, this is a, this is a new challenge. And if you don't buzz, you've got to buzz off the challenge. That's, yeah. That's why you get good. Mm.
0: Well, that's, I mean, for me, um, not being a painter and, and coming into the sort of street art world a year ago through filming stuff, mm. I mean, I now help a lot with operations and just getting the job done, you know? Like, yeah. I'm kind of happy to try whatever. Um, but I, I was speaking to a guy who was a tattoo artist and um, was was kind of saying to me I mean he was a nice guy but he was being a bit of a diva saying that he like morally would ne- he always ever, he just wanted to sell his artwork and he'd never want to draw something for someone else mm-hmm. and as a videographer and and a photographer yeah. for me there's a certain pride in being able to create something that is a product for someone else that's done to somebody else's brief and specification yeah. and delivering it to them that they're happy with it Yeah, and like you said about the ego I, I quite like that work in a way because I don't judge myself too harshly on it like I kind of remove my ego a little bit and think well this is what has been asked of me and this is what I'm going to deliver so I was trying to say to him that it's it's worth doing jobs for other people because you'll learn skills and you'll You'll learn a process of doing something to a high level of finish mm. in a short amount of well, that's tough, time. That is a,
1: that's a fact. Like, like, you know, if I, if I had, like a lot of artists do, and obviously I'm envious of artists that are able to, you know, make a living out of just, you know, purely banging out there their thing that everyone loves but like if i had at the age of 17 18 gone right this is my thing this is what i do mm. and i would just done that i wouldn't be nearly as skilled as i am yeah. like it's you know one of the things i pride myself in is that you can come to me or us and say right paint this and without question i'll be able to do it because i've got a really broad range of skills mm-hmm. that i've only got by being that guy that does that stuff Whereas if I'd like just like nailed my Posca drawing or nailed my like photo reel or nailed, or, just or nailed like an aesthetic that you just, you know, do over again, which obviously I wish in some part of me wishes I'd done yeah. that. But at the same time, I'm pleased to be the guy that's got lots of skills. That's you know I mean? Yeah, that's the, the impatient
2: part, isn't it? It's like needing to learn how to do more. Mm. And also, yeah, like you're saying, providing service is a good thing. It's just a good thing. If people want you to help them do something, create something, share their input, it's a good feeling, man. And you walk away from that thing. That's great. I'll do another one of those for someone one day. But I, you know, tattooist. You don't want to be keep. You don't want to keep having to do Manchester United tattoos on people's <laughs> arse cheeks all day long. But yeah,
0: I suppose it is a bit a bit different for him. It's a t- but he he was it. quite young, and I felt like I tried to. Um, just sort of say, you know like don't necessarily turn your nose up at work doing creative work for clients because yeah there is a, it's it's a pretty different thing like I do my own creative work that there's a body of it, but like you said, I think I learn a lot more skills yeah. actually through it. Yeah delivering things to clients because they're suddenly like oh we need this this and this and like shit I don't know and
2: if your attitude is good you're only
1: going to learn something and that's a good thing it is is a bit of a catchphrase too though because like you know obviously it'd be great to just produce something that people recognise what you do and that's what you do and having having skills is is fantastic but like it does it does prove difficult for someone like say for example you know I'm now in my late 30s if I wanted to play right I sack this off I'm just going to make some canvases and sell them in a the gallery and mm. do my thing do some big murals around the place starting from scratch again starting from scratch again not only that like it is It yeah it, it's, it's a whole different world it's a whole different mm. setup, and the, the route through to sort of making it if you like as a as a known name artist is it's it's a whole different ball game and actually it's really difficult if you built a, a skill set and a way of working and a reputation for being a commercial cinematographer or illustrator or mm. mural painter whatever like to, to just go oh no that's not me anymore this is my thing like it's, it doesn't really work like that and like from what I can tell I mean obviously you know there are exceptions uh, but to differ please <laughs> oh, good luck for that one Chris <laughs> commercial Oh well, no to- I,
2: no I totally agree but I don't my, I don't 100% do murals, um, privileged to do what I do. I did sign writing on boats as like a, someone just asked me, oh, can you do sign writing? I was like, yep, of course I can. That's ne- the only reason I rang you. Yeah, mother. I know, yeah. Never done it before in my life. So I ended up quickly looking online, seeing what paints we used, one shot, blah, blah, blah. I got the brushes and I went to do a barge and then did this boat and luckily I nailed it. I was like, oh, I can do this. The paint glides, where I was like, oh, my God, this is way better than any other paint I've ever used. So suddenly I was a barge painter for a year. And I was just, everyone was like one after another. I was like, bloody hell, this is ridiculous. And I don't want to be, I never set out to be a barge painter. But it was a fantastic skill. I earned some good money from it. But at the same time, I was going home drawing pictures. Like I said, I draw all the time. I write little stories. I have made a kid's book a a year and a half ago. But as well as that, I do mural paintings. So I, I do like to jump around. And I do want to jump around. And doing the one thing forever freaks me out.
0: How, how is the publication game going? Uh,
2: uh, the higher up any business you get, the uglier it gets. It's horrible. So I, I talk... So <laughs> you had to suck some dicks? <laughs> nah. I, I, as, soon as, they dropped, as soon as they drop the fly, I'm out the door. You know? <laughs> I ain't sucking nothing. But the thing is, uh, you know, I sent the emails, you know, hey, I'm writing a book, blah, blah, here's, some blah, 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 here's some pictures, blah, blah. you don't hear back from him because there's a billion people emailing them every day. So I was like, fuck it, I'll do it myself. So, so I self-published. And some people are like, oh, you should really wait to the publishers. You could be a fucking millionaire. Think of Harry Potter. And I'm like, piss off. Yeah. It's my book. I will do it my way. It's my drawing. It's my story. I'm going to print it. And because of that, I've learned it. Yeah, I'll probably go to a publisher one day. And go, come on, let's reprint this bad boy. But one, of, but one
1: of the things about doing anything like that, and again, this is one thing that that me and Chris have kind of got in common because we both have. Big families. And yeah. Both married women that have kids already, and yeah. we both kind of had to earn money when we we're quite young. And it's we've got, got dogs. Dog families. And we've dogs. We're both northern. Yeah. But um, but with that, like like if say Chris wants to publish a book, which he could easily do, I reckon, and if I wanted to just make my own work for its own sake, it's like at the very least a gamble. Like you'd yeah. have to uh, yeah. just set aside you know, a year, two, three years of just like, I'm going to nail this now. Yeah, totally. And like, you know, when you've got a young family, like the gamble gets higher stakes. It's really high stakes.
2: I remember that when I published my self-published, I spent, you know, 1,700 quid to get it made. And that's, you know, that's... That's It's a lot of money, man. it's It's a big chunk of cash, you know. And, you know, luckily in our game, that could be one week's work. It could be two months' work. It could be four days' work. Yeah, but to make it that could be three next work, level, you know, work. it would
1: be a lot more than that. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. To, yeah, to go further, it'd be more... It's it always a gamble, especially an, when you're... With an asleep. income, you'd have to dedicate a shit ton of time. Forget about yeah. money. You'd yeah. have to dedicate the time. a shit ton of time. Yeah. And time, again, when you've got a family, is yeah. even more precious. But
2: again, that's why we, do, we, we don't sleep. And if we do, we're thinking about work.
0: You know. Having work dreams. Yeah,
2: yeah. but that's, what makes it, that's what's exciting yeah. about it.
1: That's why I, I felt like when That's about I, the dream you told me about last night,
2: Chris. When I had my nine to five bench, I could fall asleep in a colour meeting just because I'm like, you don't need to talk about colour to me anymore. Just pick the fucking colour because I'm falling asleep here and you pay me good money to sit here and watch you talk about colour. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Me and Pete do that in four seconds. Mix the colour, right, done, boom.
0: Boom. Yeah. Time and that,
2: is money. Yeah, well, it's, it's not just that, it's time's precious. It's oh, like, man, design Yeah, I guess yeah, time's more than money. Time's really. is so precious, man. We could knock out something really magical in like a two days where I'm oh, sitting in your arse in an office going, Do you think that, you think that beige is alright? It's like, I couldn't get my fine. Fuck, if that beige is alright, bro, <laughs> just
1: get it done. Yeah, except, oh. mate, you say that, but like, how many times? I mean, I, I can remember many occasions working with fellow artists on site and True. although I, I see myself more as a craftsman than an artist, I think, but like, if I could overhear the wanky conversations we have about the shade of grey yeah, good point, shade yeah. of grey, like fucking yeah. hell man, we'd lose, we'd
2: lose. You've a got a word, you always say decant a lot, just decant that paint into that thing.
1: Well, that? What do you call it? Decant.
2: I don't, I don't say that word, I've never used it. Decant. Pour does the pour forest. Pour it. Decant put it, also. Put it,
1: put it in you
0: don't eat avocados either
1: no point he's so
0: not you don't need peas you don't need avocados Mm-mm. Okay. i'm getting a thing about the color green here no nah, man
2: apples are cool and loads of other
0: green stuff's fine just not those um i wanted to backtrack <laughs> slightly um the the publication do you want to talk a little bit about what it is? Like, what the storyline is, what inspired it, that kind of stuff?
2: Yeah, well, it's a cut long story short. I love stories, I love, you know, I'm a bit of a movie boff. I love I love graphic novels, even though I don't read that many. I just I just love picking the things up and just staring at them. But I'm always telling stories to myself in the head, I'm always thinking of stories, I've got tons of them. But when my little boy was four, uh, just when he was starting to get a bit reluctant to go to bed on time, you know, I'd walk out of the room and then I'd walk back in the room on all fours and pretend I was a bear and he'd just, he'd, his face would just light up, he'd be like, <gasps> he'd grab his little teddy and jump on my back and then I would crawl up to bed and I'd make, I'd make an effort, I'd make, I'd make him feel like he was heavy, like, oh, boom, boom, boom. I'd make noises, I'd tell him, if, if the dog was asleep, I'd tell him to like, shh, don't
1: wait the dog or he'll eat yeah.
2: you, you know, watch out for the fire, he'll burn you. And there was a, there'd be a draft coming up from the front door. Like, oh, I you'll freeze to death. Don't put your feet down. You know, just really getting excited. And he ended up calling me Sleep Bear. So then I was like, right, I'm going to sketch a bit of this out. And then I sketched some more of it out. And I was like, I'm going to make it into, into a beautiful... This is, this is a book. This is, has to be a book. Actually, in my head, it was going to be a, an animation first. But I thought, wait, 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 just take it easy. So, yeah, I made a book called
1: Sleep Bear about taking a little boy to bed. That, yeah. that When were, were you're talking about it in that context, it makes more sense of the book now. Yeah, because yeah. Pete's got one. Yeah.
0: And for the listeners who can't see Chris, if there's any man who does resemble a bear, especially when his hair's down, I can see I can see your kid being really excited about that. Like, dude! He,
1: he, oh my god, a bear's no, in I love, I love, but that you, he... hear you talk about it because I I heard a podcast recently about um, the Inuits. Yeah, and uh, one that they, I can't remember exactly who. What it was, what how it was framed, but basically one of the things that stands out as an amazing characteristic of Inuit folk mm. is that they have—you will never ever hear them raise a voice at children. Yeah, like they, there is no aggression in Inuit, mm-hmm. Inuit communities, like zero, um, especially towards children. And um, so when they, when, when they call a social, seal to death, right? Good luck. There is there is <laughs> a, there is obviously aggression, but actual you know malice against yeah, other I people is very rare yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's obvious reasons for that like people die pretty easily in those environments yeah totally. but the the woman that I heard talking about it she spent a lot of time in Inuit communities mm. and after sort of slowly the slow realization that you just don't hear people raising their voice and stuff one mm. of the things that came out was that they basically use stories in really profound ways in those communities mm-hmm. and you she she witnessed witnessed a mother with a child that was about to fall off the edge of this like crevice into like yeah. into a death of freezing cold water. Yeah. And instead of running and screaming, she kind of calmly went towards, grabbed it, and then just told this story about this like mm-hmm. this this magical beast that lives under the water and takes yeah, children yeah. down and then that but that she noticed that more and more she went through that they got stories for every yeah. occasion, and the children are told these stories and they kind of this whole visual sort of repertoire or whatever
2: yeah of that's these. why kids books are magical as long as they're giving you a good message and at the end of the book the, the whole point of it was really because the more I did this with Arthur on my back and it's just treasuring a moment you know you walk through town and people are shouting at the kids and rushing the kids to bed because they've got to get up the next day blah blah blah, blah. I was like bloody hell I'm barely here as it is these moments are so precious you know and to have and to have it into, at the end of the book it says treasure all small moments you might mean everything to someone and that's it because we've all got memories of being a kid at some point some dark some fun some great but the memories the so treasure them, you know And that's what the book is it's like a tiny moment of going to bed every night but at least make it special you know just yeah. for the kids' sake you
0: know that's really cool i can't necessarily remember being put to bed in any Particularly creative ways. <laughs> uh, I definitely, I definitely, recently, I definitely uh, believed in some uh, nonsense stories when I was a kid, though. Like, my parents told me there was a birthday fairy. Yeah, I like the tooth fairy. Crap. So I show up to school like four years old. Like, oh, Look oh, what no. the birthday fairy got me! And I'm, I'm ginger anyway, so I had, it, I had it coming. But yeah, thanks, mum and dad. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you. Li- I hope my well, my dad's probably listened this yeah. far in. <laughs> <I think. laughs> he does I he's going to bring up that birthday fairy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well there's definitely a place for stories in life but yeah, yeah, hell some, yeah man. some of them could do with uh, being put to one side but we need mm. new stories in the words of you Val, who are new stories are
0: well do you know the artscape <clears throat> the artscape uh, street art festival in sweden uh-huh. the, Maybe, this is year is called artscape sagas so basically they gave all the artists um like traditional folklore stories and they had to paint a response to Oh, they might have girls do that. That sounds ace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, why don't we get to do that?
1: Because we're commercial artists. No, we're not. Hence the painting conversation we have.
2: We we do everything we can. We're we're available.
1: Yeah, you might be. My Um, website (laughs) is... My phone number is... (laughs)
0: I'm
1: on these notes. Yeah, that is definitely a kind of downside to being a full-time commercial painter is that one, when invites like that do come in, it's difficult to get it past the wife. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just going to go and paint. Yeah, Can man. I Holland for a weekend. I, I, I
2: gave up a junkyard jam this Sunday because I've been bloody busting my arse with Pete all week, you know? and then I would paint another job in Manchester that I'd signed up to do, and I was like, I ain't seen my family for like six days, and I'm not going to see them for another four days, yeah. and now I'm just going to go paint
1: in a junkyard for so wife. many times you I can tell can't. your wife, yeah. yeah, yeah it's a know. job, yeah, yeah, it's a job, yeah, I'm painting, yeah. Yeah, what, so what are you doing? Oh, yeah, well, I'm just painting some stuff.
2: Later. You don't get it, honey, every time I paint, I get a job, <laughs> right?
0: How, how did, yeah, that's a good point, how do the families, um, deal with you guys because you guys go across the UK right there's quite okay. a lot of that's the other away from, from home yeah. like time are, are, are the wives cool with that are they yeah, yeah sure yeah. Look,
1: of course I mean, yeah, I mean it's just like the reality is um, I live in the middle of England small town Chesterfield near Sheffield and our family's there and that's all great we love it but like doing what I do is not going to be sustained in a small town you know, and and basically, like if you compare us to the states, England is just one big town, and like you know, I can leave my house at four thirty in the morning, be on site for eight in the morning in it's London, easy. or I can be. In used pool. to it. And we just, but that's the reality of our lives is we have to travel a lot. Um, but anyway, you know, oh, compare again, compare that to the states. Like unless you're living in New York or you know one of the biggest cities where you can just like live off a few big walls, like. Yeah. But then even out there. Travelling three hours is nothing, whereas here, like you know, what oh, are you going to London again? Are you mad well, for flight? Yeah, it's like it's just it's almost it's... like a commute. Now. Yeah, my
2: miss is so used to it though, but she gets it and she she we she met me, but she bought a painting off of me at an art market before we met. Uh, Did you? Yeah, so she she bought a painting off of me. Damn, painting a good. No, it was pretty shit actually, but I got it
0: back. <laughs> <laughs> but, you touch it up when you
2: realize you're like, oh, no, it's <laughs> no, it just it was just a just a dusty little illustration thing. It was fun, um, but she bought it, so she knew that I was an artist. She knew I was a scruffy little fucker, and she knew what she was getting herself into. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> crazy bitch. Uh, and she just knew. So from day one, it was like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I want to do this, I want to do that. So she's just been there. But then she's very similar to me in a, in a lot of ways. So. That's how a relationship it should be, man. Support, 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 support. Well, Go. Screw that! If she was traveling to London every week, I'd be screwing. Nah, nah. Go be, Go be happy. 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 That's 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 our thing.
0: You know. Nice. That's cool. Happy well, wife. That, that kind of brings me on to. I wanted to ask you guys, um, what the measurement of success is. It's none of your goddamn yeah. business. <laughs> 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 um, because I think it's it's kind of different. Because I suppose like street artists who want to become prolific famous street artists have a certain bunch of motivations but what I've kind of gained from the most of this podcast is that putting food on the table seems to be quite a big uh, motivation so do you feel like there will be a point where you're like
1: this podcast yes. or the I know this podcast yeah 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 this I do know
0: just this conversation uh. now
2: well, it is. We're, um, we're family men at the end of the day, aren't we? There's no escaping that. We're trying to pretend we're not. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important. And it's, it's psychological, man. If, you, if, if you're if you out doing what you like to do, and you're not bringing home something that's going to make your kids eat well and your missus go what she wants, and that, to be able to do what you'd like to do, what the fuck are you doing? My so man, you're, my major success
1: is like just being able to yeah support my family by being what I want to be, which is a painter. So as long as I can remember... I've thought, I'm going to paint. But I've always, as long as I remember, thought, I'm going to do that as my job. And I've never separated the two in my head. Obviously, I've done fine art school and there's a big part of me that goes, oh, I wish I was just a fine art It's painting my thing. But there's a big part of me that thinks, fuck that as well. Because like, who gives a shit what I think? You know, I'm pretty happy just being a highly skilled craftsman. And that, I'm
2: totally... I really, up. I really admire Pete for that because he's, it's like nailed in. It's, it's concrete with Pete. It's like, success yep I'm doing it I'm cracking it my, my kids are alive healthy everyone and he's doing his job and he's, he's a machine and he doesn't waver he's like I'm cracking up you but don't. then I respect and admire your no you yeah, don't you think no. I'm an absolute mess
1: no I don't think you <laughs> a mess but I do I don't think you mess I do think that you are like a lot of creative people and I could easily be that too yep. the kind of person that would flip from one yeah, yeah, yeah. creative desire mm. to another mm. and I, of course I do that it's easy for me to say this shit but what I admire about you before you Defend yourself, so that you are, you still have like a full on motivational drive as yeah. all creative people do. the Heart, it's called mad but you, you actually live that dream. Like if you've got ten minutes, you are drawing. Yeah. Like you know, I I don't draw nearly mm. as much as you. I mean, I do paint twelve hours a day, six days a week. To be fair, mm. but like you are, you know, if you've got even. a uh, like a hair's breadth of time, you, you will, will be creating something or thinking of something. Yeah. You're thinking something.
2: It's, it's, it's great it, the, to see the the measure of success. Is, it's not because you know when you're at school, you, the success is getting the job and da 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 da. I don't believe in the whole mortgage thing as a success story, and even yeah, definitely providing for your family and for yourself is is a, is a sign of success. But it's still I, I, don't, I don't I don't think there is such a thing. You know, you just you just keep going. I don't, my, I saw my friend in. Who lives in london a bit ago and he said you, you really made a success you, you are a success story right there you wanted to draw you are drawing and you're painting and you're making a living out of it I'm like, well, yeah, but it's really 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 hard work to do it and you have to go through so much shit and negative crap to get to it and i, I don't think we're a success i just think we're just we're just keeping on going seeing what's next so these I've, I've met guys who work friends who work at amazon who work for john lewis and they've all got these great
1: jobs and it's
2: still not that hard. Yeah, success is not yeah. working
1: for the man. Although we work for the man, we work for we all work the, for the man. We work for we many men. Yeah, man. we work for all the <laughs> <like>, The success <laughs> many, is many, not many. having to just and women give it up, no doubt, and just keep providing. Yeah, it's just keeping on going and
2: keeping and stoked creating. and keeping happy and keep on pushing. Those people just you, they see it
0: as a bit of a negative. Oh, you should really start to focus.
1: Have you heard the Shepherd Fairy podcast with Russell Brand?
0: Ah, uh, I saw that advertised but I haven't actually yeah, I listened, to uh, today. listened to it like, yet, yeah, it's yeah. good. He's, yeah, it yeah good?
1: really, he, I mean he's obviously fucking amazing guy, inspirational and Russell Bruns a great interviewer so it was good but and he, you know he he talks about that kind of that drive because he's kind of got a unique mix which I think is a, he's got the balance perfect between that kind of really solid kind of commercial if you like income and, and he's obviously got all the skills that come with having to provide graphic design purpose, you know, for various clients. So through his career, but he's also got the hardcore real streets up kind of passion for street art. Plus the political activist stuff. I mean, he's got it all, man. Yeah. Um,
0: I suppose uh, he is. all the dials turned up, isn't he? Yeah. Like so he's if, that
1: kind of, if you're going to tell me what's the measure of success, Shepherd Fairy, boom. And like, I'd say probably Jr. as well. It's like, funny you told me it was Will Smith
2: it. yesterday. Huh? Will Smith was the measure of success. That's what you said
1: yesterday. Is that what I said yesterday? Yeah. How much did I had drink? Will Smith? <laughs> Will Smith. Do you always I, talk about Will Smith? I've never. I, I think Chris might have made that one up in his head. <laughs> yeah. Although he's a pretty successful dude, man. He's pretty happy with himself. Got some weird kids, but he's yeah, cool. that's cool. Well, did you know he was
0: he was pretty like like wealthy and successful before the show. Um, I knew like, it. Like um, uh what little, sure? little fun fact. Well, the Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince. Dance. Oh, that. Oh. Yeah. Sure. yeah. So basically, he was. My kids
1: have watched that back to back nine times, and I couldn't do that when I was their age. I had to wait every week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now they just have Netflix
1: and yeah. instant. My kids have literally watched content. that back to back nine times, every single freaking What well, cool episode. dad! Fresh Prince. It's good TV. That.
0: Yeah, it is good. <laughs> Why are you all looking at me? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, no, the fun little fact I wanted to say uh, was that um, Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff were a hip-hop duo mm-hmm. called DJ Jazzy Jeff and The Fresh Prince, mm-hmm. and he became quite like, commercially you're telling, you're
1: successful. Telling me, you, you're telling me that, like, you forget how old I am. Yeah, no, well, but you did Did yeah. you know? Did you yes, know I that? Did that yeah. you did I just ah. didn't care. But I'm ah. older than you, <laughs> which is a fact. Old. Thumbs up Pete I'm old Just like Will Smith He's old too And happy
2: And successful
1: Yeah But yeah man JR And Shepherd Fairy. If I wanted to pin myself As a measure of success Those two have nailed it They've got all the creative um, Juices And they've got Enough of themselves And everything they do They've got all the Social activism stuff And you know They've just managed To bring people Along with them Along the way and yeah I think if I could ever get close to that I think the one thing that's missing from our way of work at the moment I say our I mean mine Mm -hmm. really is I'd like to do a bit more public engagement stuff I used to do a lot of this community work and stuff like that Um, and although I don't want to go back to teaching kids that don't give a shit about painting I would like to be able to position to like for example how JR does like brings as many people as possible along with him on his projects and that is inspirational and successful
0: just making massive projects mm. yeah it's cool man um just looking at my notes
1: for the viewers that's the silence ching ching
0: ching ching everyone out
1: have we done an hour yet
0: uh we have done 54 minutes god give us some short burst questions for the last silly, five do you want to do the quick fire round do us a quick fire <laughs> round i ain't that quick but go um well what i wanted to talk about actually. Because I I like this uh, talking about that it not being a glamorous job uh, is toughest for toughest moments versus proudest moments. Like, where has shit really hit the fan, and how do you deal with that? And then equally, where have you been? Been like everything's going so
1: well that you're like, this is exactly what I need to be doing. Or do or do you not really see it like that? I see it exactly like that, and I think I mean. The one that springs to mind, just because you've spoken about it probably, is that George Ezra, the first time you filmed us doing more. and Chris was up that mm. 27 metre high cherry picker in the rain in November in For Liverpool, example. in the dark, because we weren't allowed to start till 11 o'clock at night, and uh, although Pride, in relation to those kind of projects, is a little bit cloudy, because it's such a commercial thing, but like, we had to paint a photographic, realistic, 27-meter-high portrait of a very work, recognizable face, full color, in the freaking dark. Cheers, you guys, by the way. Global street art, shout out. Fucking yeah. it, <laughs> it was a massive challenge yeah. and, like, physically... Exhausting. Exhausting. Like, night shifts, I was wired the man because, like, it's a, it's a challenge. Like, you've got... Like, for those people that know, when you've got flesh coloured spray cans, and you, all you've got is the lid to look at, and they all look pretty similar in the dark, dude. Like, it's mm-hmm. like seven different shades of Bell End. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. all you can see, like, in the dark, yeah. and you've got to make that look like some dude. And uh, we nailed it. Yeah. We absolutely nailed it. And that's
2: the worst thing. Really there was, there was a lot of flow in that because we'd worked previously before. The peak got me on the first job, it was a Maze Runner mural in Shoreditch. He's like, dude, I need your help. I think you can do it. Crack on, come on down, and we did, and we smashed it. And I was completely, completely in flow mode. Like, you want me to do that maze? Job done. Boom, let's do it. Yeah. Kind of had to impress him a little bit, so he, he knew that I wasn't just a just a canal barge painter, just a fucking letter painter. Christ. Um. Yeah. And that that was that was, that, was, that was even though it wasn't like the most amazing done, it was good, very good. What? Well, but the maze major one, but it was like I was doing it. it as like this is exactly what I need to be doing. That needs to go there. That needs to go here. Don't know any of these people but I'm fucking cracking on with it and that (laughs) felt good and at the end of it, high five, see you later, phone call next one. It's like, that's good. That felt really good. It was quite a flow moment but again, different job with drawing. Sometimes, it it might not lead to anywhere but you might just do a few pencil strokes and go, that was important. I'm glad I did those. I think pride is a funny one,
1: isn't it? Because like, your proudest moment is difficult mm-hmm. to answer, mm-hmm. isn't it? I mean, like we both obviously do a lot of commercial art, and we both have certain pieces that we've done which has got a lot more of us in it, yeah, and that yeah. is that is more.
2: Those always yeah. test you. Whenever you do your own work, you're like, right, I need to do the next one better.
1: I need to do something more. I need to push it, push it, but push physically it. physically and mm. also emotionally, like putting, like doing that thing. It's bloody, it's George right I didn't even know who he was, but like the big mm-hmm. portrait, right? And although it's not the kind of thing that, I don't know, it's, it's not the, got me in it. It's no. also got, literally, it's got all of me in it. Yeah, like, it I is, I emotionally and psychologically.
2: And also, it's, it's kind of the point where it's the stuff you don't really think about when you're painting it. Or you're, we were up there, and it got to about two in the morning, or, th- or three, and suddenly, we were really, we were at the highest point, and you could just feel the air drop. You know, the whole air just went, and suddenly, it went really freezing I, I remember <laughs> looking and being like Pete it's just it, the, the air's literally yeah. you felt the air drop around you and suddenly it was fucking freezing so when, so when you like, it,
1: I can imagine a bit like a sportsman I, I feel like it's really close to being like a sportsman actually a lot of what we do because it's it's all about repetitive training yeah. there's a lot of like actual physical exertion involved sweating. in it and the skill set is quite similar I think so although it doesn't have my heart and soul in it it's got hard all to, your energy. It's hard here. to differentiate when you've just passed yeah. twelve hours in the dark, freezing cold, minus five, mm. fingers bleeding, and technically as hard as you can yeah, imagine it, it to be. It becomes a personal
2: I can do this. You do get just, just you wait Just pride. you watch, I can do this. It becomes one of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I can do it. Trust me, I'll do you it. You can say it's like being on a pirate ship.
2: Yeah, I love it. Oh, mm. I love it. And even for a week after that, every time I was on solid ground, it felt felt like you were oh, moving. Or well, being up the cherry picker. <laughs> yeah, it felt like you were moving all the yeah. time. It was great.
0: Yeah, I did I did feel that was a weird one because um, in a way, yeah, it was the kind of darkest moment. You know, it's like November. It's three in the morning. Bloody it's Liverpool. Beautiful. It's right? Like it's really cold and like quite unpleasant. And I remember worrying that my camera was going to get destroyed. and He's just like smashing through it. But even as I talk about it now, it's quite a fond memory.
1: Yeah. You know, that's like it's, it's, yeah. it's something like, that stuck with me it's, throughout a year. That's what moment is. Like, it's weird, it's weird, because, like, it is, like, say, It's an adventure, memories. man. Take, oh, all these little, little the little, adventures. the little adventures, um, the more of them you
2: have, the better, you mm-hmm. know. Getting yourself out of your comfort zone and getting through it, it's like, yeah, you know.
1: Did it. Did it. I'm alive. Give me the next one. I've probably taken a few weeks off of my life, but I'm alive for now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got a rash, but it's Okay.
0: <laughs> see I think I, I did alright there because I was able to sleep during that job um, mm-hmm. I was Lost, drinking the night now that's last beer no matter how many you were just <laughs> wired for like see yeah, I so like yeah, dropped th- four or five days dude
2: get this finish work at what time in the morning six five, five. six drive home uh, get there with just the kids and family waking up take the kids to school probably do the washing just up. As I was take all the food out of the sink because that's what my wife does she puts food in the sink take care of that shit take the dogs for a walk and then get to bed at 1, and then wake up at 3, when the kids come home, and then go back to work, and you're just a wreck.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Adding fatherhood into this career is a kind of extra element that um, I, I definitely don't appreciate. You know, mm. the, the, the difficulty... It's easy to say it's easy, but it's not.
1: I, we both because we've both got kids and we, and you know we talk about it a lot but yeah. it's easy to forget just how many people men and women have exactly the same struggle. yeah totally man like my wife obviously because every time I go away for like a week or whatever it's like oh I'm sorry I'm leaving it's like yeah but at least you're not a soldier at least you're not working on oil rigs at least you're not yeah, yeah. So, every, and there are
2: people out there doing some crazy like no, lorry drivers out, and day
1: in and day out like it isn't that tough Mm. but it is yeah obviously like all things when you got kids it makes everything in that little bit more yeah, you invest totally. in that little bit more
0: yeah yeah nice um well we've just hit the hour Mark. boom I think that's what we wanted to do that was a good hour have you guys enjoyed doing the podcast
2: yeah let's do more oh, let's, yeah. t- let's go off beat though let's go crazy the next one
0: well I do I do have a um a note here that from a conversation we had earlier that just says vagina mouth but vagina i don't know man. where we can take that i was
2: only uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh my god No, it's just <laughs> the case when you're talking about the pressure of, of painting something vagina. that you put on yourself and i was just saying that you've got people watching you <clears throat> paint whatever and you put this pressure on yourself and you could be, you could be trying to paint a mouth of some face whatever and you just think oh my god this yeah. is, is not working it looks like goonies. a vagina oh my god everyone knows it looks a vagina and suddenly your whole world's breaking down around you because suddenly you've gone you've gone from amazing artist to pe- just piece of shit oh man like every, anyone seconds, that's ever yeah.
1: painted anything will understand that feeling that like you know it's inevitable at some point during the process it looks shit yeah. and you feel like yeah. shit or like, even if
2: you're halfway through and everyone's like is that it and you're like
1: no it's not it oh. Yeah, oh, I hate that man when you go to a site and there's like lots of buildings and stuff and they're like oh Oh fucking! Hell, what are you doing that for? What a bloody waste of time! You don't go to a builder and say that doesn't look like a brick wall yet, does it? Do the you know last I mean? artist use projectors. <laughs> like, oh, Fuck what use, yeah. I'm doing it wrong, <laughs> way. So yeah, that, that's the inevitable thing where people see the whole process from start to finish. Is like they don't understand what you're doing, yeah. where it's going, and you get all the normal questions and the rest of it. But you also, you know that it's nothing like what it's going to be, mm. and so you have to get over that pretty sharp. Yeah. Or freak out or just have a meltdown
0: and leave or have a meltdown have a
1: meltdown we could do all of the above because we're flaky creative types tell the wife
0: I make this mouth look like a vagina
2: <laughs> she's
0: like great love no no oh. it's two in the morning I don't care <laughs> nice yeah. um cool yeah I think that's a good kind of place to wrap it up <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, we'll just nail that
0: down on vagina mouth. We'll 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 leave it there. Um, for people who are curious and no doubt they are to find mm-hmm. some of your stuff, mm-hmm. where can they find you guys online?
2: Uh, for myself, my little business is called the Cunning Craftsman. So if you just Google that, the Cunning Craftsman, you'll find up my Instagram, my Facebook, my website. So easy peasy. Nice. And Pete. Peter Barber. Peter
1: Barber. Peter Barber. .co.uk.
0: Oh, yeah, but you're Pete D. Painter. Oh, yeah. Pete
1: D. Painter on, on uh on Oh, you go, confusing. In, I'm going to dad mode. Yeah, Pete D. Painter on Instagram. <laughs> that's because when it, the internet was invented back in there, some bloke said, I'll set you up an email account, everyone. And he was, I think he was Turkish. Mm-hmm. And he just wrote my Yahoo name as Pete D. Painter. And it's just i'm Pete D. Painter. Wow, yeah, it's fine, but only because I, I didn't know how to change my settings in the Yahoo, and that was it. Yeah, so you should have called yourself after a pirate ship. Like you, yeah, okay. yeah,
0: and that has stuck. Yeah, one day that will be a name on par with Shepherd Ferry. Exactly, It'll be just as famous. Success. Pete the painter.
1: I'm not sure about that. Who's Pete? Pete who?
0: Pete who? Cool. Um, well, thank you for listening, guys. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and enjoyed the tangential avenues we've gone down love that word i'm pretty sure that's not the right word
2: tangential
0: um, now. but yeah i hope you guys have learned something about the professional painting industry and the trials and tribulations it takes to paint massive murals um sweet peace out
2: bye